0: It was what one couple that bought the house for 1.2 in uh, in the pandemic, like right right then, right when it was that softening kind of like uh, dip there. And she just did the valuation on it. So you could sell it for 1.8. Yeah,
1: it's crazy.
0: Right? Right now. It is. Going back. <laughs> You're listening to Rambling Realtors with Andrew Roach and Ross Bridges. Tune in each week for in-depth conversations on all the latest real estate trends and the thriving West End GTA markets. Go beyond the real estate world as Andrew and Ross share personal and professional experiences to help you find your way home. Andrew, how are you? I am good, Ross. Good morning.
1: Rumor has it you and your beautiful wife are off on a little excursion later today. Tell me a little bit about that. That sounds like I'm kind of jealous of your your life experience that you're about to have
0: yeah well uh so monday was my birthday uh so my wife got me uh, lisa got me um a i guess a, a one night kind of thing away it's up uh, just north of um uh, just north of barry kind of like between barry and aurelia almost um and it's just a um a sleep under the stars kind of thing so it's got a tent it's like a domed kind of cabin if you will i suppose and the whole top of it is um uh, is glass and then it's got a raised uh, raised bed that kind of brings you up you know kind of towards the um uh brings uh, brings you up towards the uh, uh the, the glass element of it you know sleeping or the living quarters are underneath the king bed so it's like a big bunk bed uh and it's only yeah, a sleep under the stars right so um hopefully it's a nice clear night tonight and so there are some stars to be seen but uh, if not, uh, there's no Wi-Fi there. there's no uh, well, I guess you can bring electronics There's there's electricity, et cetera. But um, the idea is kind of unplug a little bit, right? Just try to try to try to, yeah, try to unplug, get away, you know, see if see if you can just relax a little bit. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, so, well, as we jump into our episode, our for our listeners out there, I think we're on episode sixteen. We did some planning uh, at the end of our last episode. We got some. We're gonna start bringing on some guests. We got some cool guests that we're gonna be bringing on. So, so whether it's well uh, wellness or or life coaches or uh, you know landscaping specialists, uh, you know we're gonna get some lawyers, mortgage specialists, and and just to give you guys different perspective on all the different uh, trades and businesses that we bring into uh, our line of work. Because uh, I think you know when being in real estate for over ten years, like we have, uh, you know, we get to find all these amazing people that we work with. So having all, whether it's our stagers or uh, designers or architects, uh, you know, we have all these amazing people that we're going to work in. Today, we want to talk to you a little bit about the mindset, the current market. We've seen a slight shift, and uh, also we're just going to ramble. Let's we're going to do what we do. We're going to ramble, and we're going to kind of just share with you, uh, you know, some of the things that we're seeing. Uh, you know, not only in real estate, but also uh, you know, unplugging. I don't know about you guys, but uh, little things like I need a battery for my uh, for my my car. You know, for not for my car, but for my car uh, my car keys. Right, little things like that. Where it's like, okay, without Amazon, what would we be doing right now? I'm really excited to uh, do a big trip to uh, Costco when it's not just produce that they're going to be selling there. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'll pass it over to you there, Andrew, and we can just uh, shoot the fat for a bit.
0: <laughs> Ramble on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like you saw, we said we got a bunch of uh, guests lined up, and of course, you know, the, the uh, one of the challenges is always trying to like syncing everyone's schedule. So we're working on that. So that'll be that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, Ross, we're we're seeing a, a shift in the market a little bit. It's kind of interesting too, though. In all fairness, because you know, I look, uh, the, the main numbers, uh, just kind of just came out the total end of month, May numbers, uh, which, uh, may over April was up just, just slightly, right. It was, it was, I don't, I didn't do the, the, uh, the new, the percentage basis, but it was, it was like $10,000 on an average, you know, of, of uh, not even a $10,000 on average of over a million. Right. So, and I'm talking about Milton right now, cause I did kind of go a little bit more focused, but, um, what was interesting to see though, is that while you and I are seeing a bit of a shift in the market, we're seeing houses, uh, not get offers on offer nights, uh, a lot, a mm-hmm. lot actually It's happening more and more frequently. Um, you know, days on market are creeping up, you know, lots of times you can search around and see houses that have been on market for 20 days, 30 days. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right. But what was interesting to see is that while they're not, you know, solid concrete numbers, it did give me uh, an average of what June has been doing so far, and for the first week of June, or I guess we're we're kind of almost nearing two weeks, but a week and a half. I guess it was a couple of days ago, so we'll call it the first week of June. Was actually those numbers were actually up two and a half percent over the averages of May. So while we're seeing. It's, it's again, it's like we kind of we kind of saw that popping around here and there where some stuff was selling like crazy and other stuff was sitting on the market. It's like yes. it's like the Very masses popular. are all going to the same house, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to put the offer in on this house and nobody goes into that house. That offer doesn't get that house doesn't get any offers. This house got 10. You know, we're not seeing 10 offers anymore. At least I'm not anyways. But but you're still seeing, you know, five, six, you know, at times on, on a nice house. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. And then, and then naturally we we go into like the, 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 the real estate cycle, right. Where the summer months just typically slow down. And I think with now the lockdown uh, lifting, that might be an even, an even larger emphasis on people like, you know, their, their mind, their focus shifting away from real estate, which just naturally happens in the summer, you know, uh, post uh, pandemic or a uh, pre pandemic, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, people just naturally go on vacation and and you know, uh, be spend out their time outdoors, etc. Not be thinking about like I got to buy a house, right? So you know, again, we've been locked down for months. Again, you know, that might be another big push to uh, to have people just kind of go out to the summer, so uh, go, go out and do stuff over the summer. So what I'm trying to get at there, as the ramble on, is you know, there uh, you know, we we may see uh, uh, that softening. You know that that softening coming even more so uh, into the summer, um, as uh, as you know, the the new the new stress tests are are, are now in in play. Uh, the handful of lenders, by the way, that are still holding on to the old rules for a little bit, but a uh, few and far between. Um, and and again, as as just the natural cycle happens, right? So we'll see see how things go. I'm I'm super excited, like you said, to get out and. And get stuff and not have to like curbside pickup and wait until you get a delivery. And it's usually tomorrow or a couple of days from now if you're ordering it off of Amazon or something like that.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we definitely like, as we talk about slight market law. I mean, for me, like one of the biggest indicators I've always seen throughout my career um, is like, you know, now that we have more stats than ever, our dashboards, everything that we're using as we're seeing like our online impressions, hits, uh, phone calls, uh, showings, right? So we have all these indicators that will kind of kind of show us what the market trends are doing. Um, you know, we can go old school and say, yeah, calls and showings, but then we can also see for activity, how many people have viewed those showings. And, and I think that's, that's something that we've all done a lot more of is having those stats so we can actually have an idea of where things are going. I mean, let's face it, the markets went up so quickly, right? They went up so quickly, where now we're now we're reaching what you're saying where, you know, homes are on the market, sellers are not getting what they're wanting. They're taking the home off the market, they're relisting, right? And we're seeing, instead of seeing, you know, eight, 10, 12 offers, we're seeing three, four, five, maybe two, right? So <laughs> the, the hot, maybe none, the, the turnkey homes, the location, the pools, the parks, you know, whatever you got, those are the, the hot trending homes. That's what people want, they want to be outside. Condos um, are slower, right? Like I'm seeing way, way more activity on, on townhomes. like, And this is something that we've talked about for a long, long time, right? Condos are traditionally just a little bit um, longer. But why, I mean, one of the things I was, um, I was on a course yesterday, and I was reminded, like, you know, why do people want to use realtors, right? Right? And you think about it, would you represent yourself in the court of law? Like, would you would you ever be, like, would you say, no, I'm not going to use a lawyer, I'm going to represent myself? Well, I mean, with, with our experience and the way that we navigate people through buying and selling a home, it is a process. And for a lot of you, like uh, one of the things I've been really encouraged, encouraged about with our clients is we're doing consultations, consultations for, let's get you a, a mortgage pre-approved and let's get you uh, talking to a lawyer if you're uncertain and you want a second opinion, right? A lot of people out there, they wanna be gathering information And there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't want to get into a bidding war. Um, You know, like uh, there's all these things that you and I hear on a daily basis that our clients are, you know, Well, I'm going to wait, you know, Uh, you know, there's just the uncertainty of um, where they're going, like, where am I going to move to, right? Well, where do you want to move to? So I think as we go on, um, you know, it's preparing you guys for, um, you know, the, the mindset, the mindset of having successful outcome, like, I get to buy a home. This is your largest asset. There's a reason that you want to buy a home and stop renting, right? So um, as we're here, I'm referring to this as the dog days of spring, because we have been getting into this crazy hot little uh, heat wave that we've had over the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I think just like anything, like uh, weather weather will dictate uh, people's attitudes, uh, you know, um, yeah, the vitamin D is great. But when it's uh 35, feels like 40 outside. Um, there's definitely less less activity, but more of a, more of an opportunity for people because I think like as you and I talked about June is traditionally May June. I'd say traditionally are the busiest two months of the year. Now our year started a lot earlier this year, so are we now in more of a, a summer market right now at the middle of middle of June than than we typically see?
0: Yeah, I mean every year is a little bit different, right? Uh, if you're going to go with the cycle that, that, uh, I've personally experienced. And again, every market is a little bit different, right? I'm not saying that, you know, I'm right. And, or you're right, whatever, but I would say, I would typically say that, that, you know, March, April is maybe the busiest, the busiest months. Um, And in what I've seen, what I've experienced personally is that, you know, second week of June, you know, again, pre-pandemic, that that's when it would kind of slow, right? You would start to see that tapering off Uh, early June. It would still kind of like have that springish market feel. But by by mid June, people are thinking my school's out soon. I've planned my vacation, Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, Canada Day. People are gone. They're off to the cottage, right? They're, they're out of here. Right. So not a lot of people thinking I got to buy a house and then I'm going to leave for vacation. Right. They're already gears are already kind of going. They're off on to the next, the next thing. Right. So um, that's, that's typically what, what I've experienced again, kind of like year over year, that trend seems to be, you know, you kind of have a bit of a tapering in, 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 May, uh, and then June, yeah, that second week, it, it really kind of th- seemed to fall off. And then you would have a slow, um, a slow July and then a, generally an even slower August. I mean, a lot of like, you know, any of the factories, a lot of factories would shut down for the month of August. Right. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So if there are a lot of people take a lot of their vacation in August. Right. Take a, take a big chunk of vacation in August, get a good, you know, end you know, end of the summer kind of uh, punch. And then you're back into the, to the school year. And then we would typically see it pick back up again at uh, two, maybe three weeks after the kids go back to school again, settle into the school year, things normal again. And then they start thinking, Oh, you know what, maybe we should move. Right. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of, that's what I've often seen over the years Um But, you know, a couple of things at play here, right? I mean, obviously, uh, COVID, you know, threw a wrench in that that cycle, uh, like nobody's business. Last year, we didn't have a spring market. We had a summer market, right? Like all of that demand moved from the spring into the summer. So spring was very slow and dead. All the uncertainty, people were like afraid to go outside. People were afraid to list their houses. Naturally, it makes sense. And then once we kind of like kind of got through that and then people are like, okay, I see how this is going to play out. I understand now, then it was a crazy busy summer, right? Uh, and then it kind of just never stopped, really. So it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, interest rates are still crazy low. Uh, yeah, the stress test came in, qualification rate is higher. Uh, so it makes it harder, you know, to qualify for that 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 stretch goal, if you will. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, our or, or interest rates are still, you know, very low, so, you know, that, that, that stretches your dollar. Right. So anyway,
1: no. And in terms of, I mean, that's, that's, that's perfect. I mean, the cycles, we typically do see them. I mean, I couldn't agree more about the, the fall. we have about an eight week window in the fall where you see great activity, uh, you know, investors, uh, first time buyers, great time to buy is, is those winter months, November, December. I mean, we have seen the market turn on on January 2nd, some years, um, and then, yeah, there's certain things we can't control, right? There's uh, government announcements, pandemics, uh, certain things that obviously um, will change the market overnight. But I mean, for the mindset of the, um, th- the buyers out there, for preparing you for getting your home, it is early and often, right? There's, the reality is, is you might not be buying a home the first, first few you see. It's a process, it's what are your wants? What are your needs? How are we going to ensure that you're going to get uh, what, what makes the most sense for you? And it's a realization too, right? Realization that you might have to make a couple of compromises along the way. Um, and that's why we got to get started uh, now so that you're not going to just be renting for an extended period of time. Right? So um, yeah, what we're seeing right now is, uh, is, is a shift where there is an opportunity where you're going to see homes that are going to be, offer dates are going to come into go. We're going to see, instead of offer dates we're going to see 24 hour 48 hour irrevocable which means you have to put an offer in for that period of time and uh there's a good chance you might not be facing that so we're definitely seeing um a shift in terms of uh the amount of activity on on homes
0: uh yeah and just for anybody that's not clear what an irrevocable is um that is basically you are tied to that offer that you have uh that you've that you've Committed to uh, for a specific time period, right? And so that irrevocable, if it's 24 hours, saying that you know the deal isn't going to die for 24 hours, right? You're you're bound to it. I mean, the root word of irrevocable is revoke, right? So everybody, everybody understands what revoke is probably. So irrevocable, you know, you can't take it back, you can't revoke it, right? So um, a lot of people, a lot of times people kind of get confused, uh, you know, when they're first time buyers or it's been a long time. they've been 25 years since they bought a home. You know the forms have changed dramatically, et cetera. So um, just thought I would touch on that because a lot of times I'm listening to podcasts or I'm watching something. And I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> so I just forgot i clear clarify that just in case. One of the things that I did want to chat about was, um, uh, I guess, just a call that I had had from a client. I, I guess I should I, I should almost expand that and say uh, I've had a lot of calls from a lot of clients all asking about I want to buy investment real estate. Um, and I don't want to say that it's not a good time because I think, you know, it's, I think it would for the most part be a great time, but a lot of people are trying to do flips right now. Um, they want to do flips because the market, they've, they've seen what the market has done. They're now hearing about all the money that people made. Right. I would, Um, I, I like to, um, you know, think about the real estate market in, in, um, some type of relation, if you will, uh, or similarity to the stock market, right? A lot of the times and it happens in the stock market as well. So there's no reason why it wouldn't happen in the real estate market. The real estate market is just a much slower moving ship, right? Um, and there's so many times that, you know, people are, they hear about this stock that went skyrocketing, right? And then they're like, oh, well, I should get in now. Or what they did is they think, oh, well, it's probably too late and it keeps going. And they're like, ah, it's probably too late and it keeps going. Ah, it's probably too late and it keeps going. Like, well, if it's been going this far, it's probably gonna go forever. So I might as well get in now. And inevitably you buy at the top and then it turns, right? And I'm not saying that the real estate market is going to turn. Um, I'm not talking like a game stop here or something like that. Um but what I am suggesting is that, you know, we have had a serious run uh, of real estate prices and it, it's not going to go like this forever, right? Um, whether we get a softening, whether we get a, a pullback like we had in 2017, Ross, you know, I've talked about that in the past as well. Uh, interest rates are ridiculously low. We've already started to see inflation creep up, it, you know, it's not. Would be surprising if they started raising interest rates a quarter point here and there, right? Uh, to try to get it back to normal. Certainly, they want to be ahead of inflation. So, I think I think that you know all uh, major banks uh, of um, central banks around the world are going to be keeping a good eye on that. But inevitably, I, I digress. What I want to say is that you know I don't don't get stuck on thinking all, you know, all these friends of mine or these people that I know that I heard about made all this money, yeah, if they bought in, 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 in 2020 and they're selling in 2021, sure, yeah, you, you, the market went up 34%, you know, uh, that's crazy. But that does not mean the old adage, past performance does not guarantee future uh, future performance, right? Um, that doesn't mean that the market's gonna go up another 34%. So if you're thinking about, I wanna get into real estate investment, okay, no problem. Get into real estate investment. If you're thinking, I think I'm gonna flip a house, okay, we can potentially look at doing a flip, but the numbers have to work and you need to have a plan B, if not have also a plan C, right? So if that flip doesn't work, if you buy a house, and uh, and, uh, I I was talking to somebody that was thinking about buying a new build as well, and I'll get into that in a second, But if you're thinking about buying an investment property and you want to flip it, and let's just make up a number here. Let's say you're going to buy the house at, you know, 700,000, right? And, um, And you're thinking, I'm going to put, you know, 50 into it and you got closing costs and realtor fees and et cetera. If that thing isn't going to be worth eight, you know, or I mean whatever, I mean, you have to look and say like, where, where's the market gonna go from here? What are comps gonna suggest, right? If you're okay with making 10 grand on the flip, okay, but that doesn't leave a lot of room for mistakes and errors, right? You're, you know, especially if this is your first go at it. Um, if the market turns and you're thinking, okay, well, I bought it, you know, I bought it for seven and I'm going to, and I'm hopefully gonna flip it for, you know, your goal is to flip it for eight, 850, but now it's only worth and you've, and you've renovated it and it's pretty and it's lovely. And yeah, it might've sold for 8850 850 if the market kind of kept going, but it didn't keep going, it turned and now it's only worth 720 and you've got 40 into it. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna take a $20,000 haircut or are you gonna rent it? And if you're gonna rent it and keep it for a few years, do the numbers work, right? Can you buy the property, have that capital into it and rent it, and that rent will cover your costs, your carrying costs until you turn around? Or did you just put yourself in a situation where you're now bleeding 600 bucks a month to carry this thing, right? So, you know, I just, a lot of people, are, they've seen the rush, they think, wow, I should have gotten in, but I'm gonna get in now. And I would, I it just, it pains me to think that there's, there's a lot of people out there that are buying right now thinking the market's gonna keep going for another 30%. And I just don't see that happening, right? I I love what you you just
1: said. I mean, Canadian housing is always gonna stay strong, Uh, you know, and I like how you're being politically correct with where are we in the cycle, right? Like, are we reaching a point where, yeah, real estate is a slower investment than stocks. I think we're at a point now where we might be going back to your traditional five to 8% things are slowing down, but who knows? I mean, uh, maybe real estate will go on another run. I'd like to think that maybe between now until early January, you might be looking at a five to eight percent where markets are going to go up to that margin. Again, what are you buying? What are you putting into it? I I think this is not a smart flip market. You might you might want to hold on to it, rent it out for at least a year or two. And we've we've talked about this in previous episodes. Like, real estate is designed for minimum three-year hold, five, seven you know, start your portfolio, get your positive cash flow, and make sure the numbers work, right? Um, I mean, you know, mortgages incredibly well, we can totally anticipate that mortgages are going to start to slowly climb, right? So, I mean, we've been variable for so long, and I still think variable is the way to go. But uh, you might want to be targeting a two or three year variable versus, uh, you know, four or five year variable. But uh, yeah, what's, what's your take on what you would do in terms of if you were an investor? I mean, it it depends on when you want to cash out, like you would do, hold it for three years, do a three-year variable?
0: Uh, Well, from a mortgage perspective, that's really, that's I think really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's case by case, right? Because everybody's situation is different, right? So I would, I mean, there's so many factors at play to say, you know, which would you go from from an investment perspective? Is it nice to lock in your cash flow and know that this is going to be your cash flow? Uh, or do you say, um, you know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take, take the discount off and, 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 you know, take the cash flow up front, uh, but know that I might lose my cash flow in a couple of years, right? Um, you know, with, with uh, who knows how long the government regulations that we, we can't increase rents, right? I mean, it was, it was already peanuts as it was. Right. You can raise rents 1% or a half a percent. Like what, like, what is that? I'm going to raise it 10 bucks. What's the point? Right. Um, now you're not allowed to raise rents at all. So how long is that going to go for where you know, the government is dictating what your return on investment can be? Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it's, it's case by case. I don't know what people's, what people's situations are. Right. right. What I, what I would say is why, well, and I said it is, um, focus on the property, right? Yes. What is, what is the property going to do for you? What is the area going to do for you? Uh, and then what's your plan B, right? And what's your plan C, right? Like maybe your plan B make it, let, let's, uh, let's just float this out here as just like, uh, just an example. You're going to flip a house. You want to make it all pretty. Okay. So I'm going to flip it. And my goal is to make, you know, a, a quick, you know, a, a three month turnaround time, right? If you can. Three months comes around and the market kind of just, it softened. It didn't do what you wanted it to do. You're trying to get it sold and and it's not selling for it and you don't want to take a haircut. So plan B might be like, okay, let me, let me finish the basement and turn the basement into an, into an investment property and maybe I'll sell it to an investor. Right? And so if you, if you do that, now you got to put a little bit more capital into it. Now you're turning it into an investment property, you're, you're carrying it for another couple of months as you finish the basement and get that all done. And now you're gonna to try to flip it over to an investor uh, for them to carry. And so that's your plan B. And if that doesn't work, well plan C might be like you, you hold it as, um, as an investment, right? Now you got you've, you made a duplex out of it. Do, does each of those things work for you, right? Because if you're if you're going in on, on uh, one of my coaches loves this word hopium, right you're going in ho- you're hoping and dreaming that this is going to work for you and and you you know you're putting all your money on red and and spinning the wheel and hoping that that works and if it doesn't you, you put yourself in a real predicament that's not investing that's speculating and you might as well just go put all your money on red right so you know, pick the property or pick the area, pick the property, do your numbers, right? And that, the same thing goes to, for buying a new build. And this is kind of what really spurred this, uh, is that I had a, a call from a client uh, who wants to buy a new build and he just put down, and again, I'm gonna preface this by saying, I'm not saying that this is a bad idea, what, he, what he's did. I'm not saying it's not a good investment. I'm just, we're talking this out. He put down, uh, put down money to buy a property, a semi-detached, 1500 square feet, right across the street from the University of Guelph. And there, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high-end development. So the, the detached are going for a million, one, 000, 000, et cetera. He's getting, a, he's getting a semi for 950. And I thought 950 for 1500 square foot semi in Guelph, right across the street from the university. I personally wouldn't buy that. I don't think that's a good investment personally. Uh, I think that if you're spending $9.50, there's way better places that you can get. Now, I think that personally, a, a a university coming to a town or a city is a good thing for the city as a whole. But I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for the immediate neighborhoods around it because they inevitably will turn into student rentals everywhere. Right, the bigger the university gets, yes, there's lots of jobs and there's off the spinoff and all the students come to town and they bring their money and they spend their money. It's great for the for the, the local economy, but for the local real estate market, it just basically turns everything into a STEMI or into a, a student rental. I mean, you look at you look at McMaster. There's some really nice areas around McMaster that over the last ten years. These were like big, large, high-end Victorian homes. It was like the wealthy lived there. And they've all there was all the complaining about all the student rentals going up and everything turning into student rentals, et cetera. And there's big pushback. And then slowly it just kind of turned over and turned over and people moved out. And then they turned these big houses into these massive student houses, student houses, right? I don't think it does a good thing. So he's his idea was that um, the these this development is going to be too high-end. For a student, for, for investors to go in, who's going to spend a million dollars on a student rental? A lot of people, a lot of people, especially foreign investors that are not necessarily looking at an investment like you and I would saying, I'm looking for, I'm going to make it up 500000 or $500 a month in cash flow, or at least just break even, whatever. They're thinking, I need to get my money out of my country and put it into something where I'm not going to lose money. Right. And they're okay with 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 eating seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month. Right. Because their money is out of the country and it's in something else and it's into a solid investment that's gonna go up in time, anyways. The first thing I think of is in 2017, um, there's a friend of mine that bought a that's renting a place in Oakville, and there was a lady from China who still lives in China, bought the, her that property for one point two, 5 million, I think. And he pays, what does he pay? He pays 1500 bucks a month, right? She's losing like a thousand bucks a month on that thing. I mean, I, I presume that she probably paid cash, right? She probably just dumped the money over. So she's making something on it. Right. But that house, that house is only, only now just this year, like a couple of months ago, made, like came back to that 1.25 million valuation. Right. So talk about buying at the peak. We had a big softening. It took her, what, four years to get back there, right? To get her money back. And she was potentially, if she had a mortgage, losing money every month, but she probably wasn't, right? Anyways, I digress. I wanted a big rant there. But anyways, you know, I, I think that there's, be smart. Be smart with the real estate market. Be smart with the real estate cycle. And don't just think, well, the it's gone up, so it's going to keep going up. Right, have a plan, that's my that's my point.
1: That's awesome, no, like timing the market. And like we did, we did that three-part investor series. Right now might not be the ideal time for doing a flip, you know, uh, if you're doing a flip, maybe you're looking to buy something where it feels a little bit discounted in the winter months, you got a few months to get it done, you do the work on the inside, uh, you know, everyone's always looking for, uh, you know, like why are they selling, right? People always wanna know why are you selling, Like right? A lot of the times consumer protection, People, we see all these TV shows, you're looking for the foreclosure, you're looking for the bank sale, right? Like we do have consumer protection where we got to protect our clients. But like, and then it's like, where do you want to go? Like the best deals that we're seeing right now, and I've looked at this with multiplexes for clients, is you're looking, you're seeing great deals in Kingston in Peterborough in Sarnia in Windsor. Uh, you know, uh, like even up, uh, you know, Cambridge, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo area where there's, there's some creative things you can do. But I don't think it's a flip. Uh, maybe it's converting a property into multi-dwelling, or you're converting a bungalow into a semi. Heck, you could live in one, you could rent out another. But the reality is, is uh, this might not be the best flip market that we've we've ever seen. Yeah,
0: and 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 I'm not saying that it's that it can't be done because if somebody like there's going to be a few handful of people out there that uh, are well versed in flipping like they've got a system, they've got their contractors, everything's lined up, they know what they're doing. Um,
1: whatever, right? depending yeah. on how deep their pockets are, what their background is.
0: Well, I mean, heck, you go back to your first kind of point about, you know, hiring a professional real estate agent, right? You you know, you wouldn't go represent yourself, right? So I mean, like or uh, unless you're a lo- if you're going to if you're a lawyer, right? heck, maybe even a lawyer wouldn't, maybe a lawyer would be like, no, I'm, you know, I should really hire, (laughs) hire someone else. So I'm not uh, emotionally attached to this, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, you, if, if you know what you're doing, right. If you're experienced in it, okay. You can tread those waters, but it's not for, I've never owned an investment property in my life. And I heard about someone doing this, or I took one of those weekend seminar courses. I'm a, I'm a seminar grad and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, Everyone's going to give me a a, a vendor takeback and a and and a promissory note and blah blah, right? That stuff works, but it's a very niche way of doing it, and you have to know what you're doing. It's not, it's not. I heard someone doing a flip, so I'm going to do a flip too. You know, i want to preface that because someone's going to be listening, thinking going on about how oh, I'm, I'm making all this money doing flips. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying that it's not the best market to start in.
1: Or you just time the market perfectly for doing flips over the last two, three, four, five years. And you know, anytime basically post 2017 where we saw the correction, but if if you had held on to it and cashed out like now, yeah. well, kudos to you, we'll, uh, we'll drop our hat for, uh, you know,
0: that that happened to us we did we did a flip we bought a property the end of 2016 and we sold it right just probably about i don't know maybe three weeks before the peak of 2017
1: amazing
0: and that was just like that wasn't that was luck i mean the numbers were there it worked as a flip in the way that the market was working at the time and but we made we ended up making probably triple what we thought we were going to make
1: Or if you bought a home right at the beginning of the pandemic last year, let's just say March, April, and you've held it now for 14, 15 months. Well, yeah. Well, then you just, you couldn't have timed it more perfect.
0: We just did a bunch of CMAs. Lisa just finished about uh, 12 CMAs, right? Uh, Yesterday. And there was a whole bunch of them that bought. It was one couple that bought the house for one2 in uh, in the pandemic, like right right then, right when it was that softening kind of like uh, dip there, and she just did the valuation on it, so you could sell it for one eight.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Right, right now. Ridiculous. It yeah. is really. So go- going back,
1: going back to everything like for for all of you out there that are entering the market, like the mindset for like having success. I get to buy a house, right? Uh, for staying positive. It's it's going to be a process. It's going to take time. You've got a great opportunity right now. You might not like the idea of getting into competition, but if you have a good realtor by your side, like Andrew or myself, who's there to guide you through the process and we can educate you on where that home should go in terms of fair market value, then don't even think about it as getting into competition saying, even though it's listed for 1299, it's going to maybe sell for 1415 you know, at the end of the day, you go out, you see homes and you get to see it. You become a sponge. You're absorbing everything that you're out there. You're learning from our experiences. We're sending you sold comps. We're telling you kind of what's coming on the market in that area. And we're mentally preparing you for the process, which is not easy, but it's it's getting the mentality of, of you building all this equity and, and having an amazing life ahead of you instead of just being Stuck uh, in that in that rat race of renting, right? So, um, yeah,
0: yeah, even 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 now, if you're if you're renting, uh, I would still say. Well, I've, I've, I went on that big rant about not buying a, a buying an investment property or not trying to flip a house right now. Rather, I still think that buying an investment property would be fine to be a long term hold. Uh, but if the numbers work, cash flow works, etc., still a good investment. Uh, but if you're renting and you're still, and you're thinking about it, the market's too high, I'd still be, I'd still be trying to get it, especially this summer. I think we'll see that softening. We'll see that p- if, if not a plateau, I think we'll see a softening, but if not, we'll see a plateau, I think, um, which will kind of allow things to level out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully we get away from this ridiculous list, $200,000 below market value. Um, it's just bananas. I hate it, you know, they're terrible at that right now out in in, uh, KWC, like listing 150 on the low end, right? 150, but oftentimes 200,000 below. Around here, at least they did about 100,000. At least you kind of had a ball, (laughs) it's just, it's silly. Um, It'd be great for for just for buyers, right? To, To not get beat up all the time. The number of comps that I run every week looking for, hey, what do you think this house will sell for? Uh, about a hundred thousand over your budget. What do you think this will sell for? Uh, about hundred twenty-five over your budget. What do you think this will sell for? Uh, about not seventy thousand over your budget. What do you think this will sell for? Right, over and over and over again. So, it's it's emotionally draining for buyers to see a house like listed within their budget, and they get excited. Even if you even if you go in thinking I'm not going to get excited, you still get excited. We're emotional creatures, yeah. right? And then to be like,
1: no, you can't have that. Sellers need to look at it from a buyer's perspective and buyers need to look at it from a, a seller's perspective. If, if you're a buyer and you're seeing a home, let's just say it's listed for just under a million, right? And that seller is trying to create this crazy bidding war. And, you know, fair market value for that home, one, three, one, four. Well, you have this crazy amount of buyer pool that goes to the home, goes into bidding. Everyone's at like one, 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 two seller's not satisfied, right? Well, us as realtors, we haven't done our job. And then you reposition it at one, five, right? You've gone from showing this property that people are like, Oh, so you're telling me I got a chance. I can get this for like one, two, one, three, then you reposition it for one, five. And then, you know, us as realtors, we haven't done our job. Well, you know, set the bar, set it accordingly. We're in a market now by what we're maybe as we're seeing a shift, That you need to be, as realtors, we got to be pricing homes accordingly. And for sellers out there, don't be thinking the same thing kind of applies to what you're saying. Maybe not the best time to be flipping a home. Well, maybe not the best time to be creating a bidding war, right? I think you've got a better opportunity for setting the bar high, showing a realistic fair market value for what your home is worth with what we've just seen, and knowing that you're going to have a better buying pool that way um, for what you're trying to achieve, for For maximizing the return on your equity.
0: It's a a challenging thing though, right? Because it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy from like, from the buyer's perspective there whereby, you know, buyers don't want the bidding wars, but they also won't bid on, they'll only bid on the houses that looked like a deal. For
1: sure.
0: So, the, the only bid on the houses that look like a deal. So the so the sellers that are listing their houses think, well, if I sell it, at, if I list it at market value, nobody's going to come. So I got to sell it as a deal. I got to list it as a deal. Yeah. So then the buyers will come, but then they hate it. They hate it and they wish that they wouldn't do that. But when sellers, or I should really say, I say sellers because ultimately it's, it's not the sellers that are setting the price. It's the, it's the listing agents that are that are. Dictating Uh,
1: the strategy. It's a a combination of both. There's a lot of sellers that like like to dictate, and whatever we tell them, you know, the same thing applies. They'll probably and it goes on both spectrums, right? We tell a buyer they need to go in at one three. No, I'll go in at one two. You tell a you tell a seller list it for one two nine nine. No, we're gonna try one three nine nine, right? So
0: I've I've been in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Fair point. You're right. But but it is it's. It's a cycle. It's a it, it's a circle. It comes it comes around full circle because, you know, it's a combination of buyers and sellers. But you you see you'll see the houses that are listing right now. Um, if they list at market value, they sit on the market for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. right before they sell. And the ones and it's interesting because then the ones that that list low intentionally low, and maybe that's why they're out in KWC, they're, they're down to $200,000 below market value now, because it's like a drive to the bottom. Soon it's gonna be listed for 10 bucks. Buyers will only you know will only bid on the deal, mm-hmm. right? No, and when we go in to see
1: our clients, so I'll quickly just describe to everyone what a relist is on a property. So a relist is where, let's just say we had an offer date, it, it, it came and went, the, the seller didn't get what they wanted for their home, So now we're repositioning the house on the market at a higher price, right? Us as realtors, we know that to get the largest target audience into a home, we need to position it just a little bit lower or substantially lower than where we see it selling for, because the goal is depending on the motivation of the seller, it's to get as many people to the property as quickly as we possibly can. Right. Uh, It's an equation. It's, it really is a numbers game. When we talk about it, we talked about this earlier, You see the calls, you see the showings, you see the stats of all the people that are viewing the properties. Well, the same thing applies to, you know, and in this day and age, like we don't need open houses anymore. It's been proven during COVID open houses are, uh, you know, self-fulfilling for for more for the realtor than anything, where that's a very good time slot where you could be having a lot of showings, right? So don't get me wrong. It's a great opportunity to meet potential clients and to show the home. And maybe some people don't want to be necessarily committing to a realtor. They want to go out and just view, view properties. But in terms of like positioning the home and like what a relist is, is like, you want to position it just a little bit lower than where fair market value would be to, to drive as many people to the property as possible. Say you listed it for 999 and you wanted the seller wanted one, two, one went over one, two for the home and offered it came and went, they didn't get what they wanted for the home. Well, then they would take the home, we would take the home off the market and reposition it for a higher price, like, uh, like one, two, or, or depending on where they, where they wanna be. Maybe there's some room for negotiation and then you're pricing it a little bit higher than fair market value, uh, which, is a, which is a standard mentality of a seller. You know um i'm dealing with that right now with a condo in oakville where it's it's a little bit over positioned and it becomes stale and the onus comes back on the realtor well we're not doing our job well you know the home is priced a little bit higher than it should be yeah. and if you want us to maximize getting you the highest return then it's going to be and we talked about this uh on a previous shows so it's time on market time on market you know like okay so Price reductions, there's a conversation for another day, but when was the last time we had to really talk about doing a lot of price reductions, right? It's repositioning a home, relist, price reductions, they all fall into the same category.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right, so I mean, um, I guess the relist, you know, is, is uh, or, or the adjustment, whatever the case may be, uh, yeah. it's, it's happening more and more for sure right now. Uh, looking at a property yesterday as I was looking for a comp for for uh, for somebody that's got a really, really tight budget as a first time home buyer. Uh, anyways, long story short, the uh, there was a property that is just down the street uh, that I kind of used as a comparable for what this house that was listed about $200,000 below market value was. And I said, this house has been listed, was listed, uh, is listed uh, right now for 600,000. It's been on the market for 35 days. Um, but when I looked at the history of it, uh, it had been it had been listed for 25 days at 550. Mm-hmm. So they took it off the market. Listed at 550, took it off the market. Listed at fifty thousand dollars more. The likely story there is they were getting lowballed at 550. So they thought, okay, more than likely, let's raise it to 600. If you lowball me, you'll lowball me to 550, and I'll get my price. Right? More more than likely, what the thought process there was.
1: In South Burlington. So I've been taking some amazing clients out in South Burlington. And what I'm seeing is a, a common trend where a home's listed for one three, one two nine nine, right? And the expectations for that home is it's going to sell between one five, maybe one six, maybe more, right? Because that's what we've been seeing for an extended period of time. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, offer date comes, you got a couple sniffs at one three, one three five, one four, but that's not what the seller expects, right? Seller's expectations, buyer expectations. That's why we have a job for many, many reasons, right? In terms of, so you're relisting it, you're positioning that or, and here's the thing too, for it to just come off the market, people want what they can't have. So if there's being that interest and they're like, well, what happened to this home, right? Well, you know, that's why the relationships that we make in this game, like how you and I made relationships and all those relationships we have with other realtors out there, you, you, you call that listing agent and you're like, yeah, they're prepared to, to part with that property now. They're going to probably plan to put it on the market in the next three, four weeks or longer, but right now their expectations are, are one, six, you know? So, you know, is there an opportunity for getting the home? Your clients have already gone through the home. They get it right. They get it where there could be uh, an opportunity there without a home, not even being on the market, right? Exclusives, um, you know, where, where you and I have a, a home that maybe expired or it's just going through that uh, price adjustment phase, right? Before it gets relisted
0: yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes involved there's a lot that goes into this there's a lot involved what I was going to say um and you know as as the market shifts you know it shifts from buyers market sellers market a balanced market you know a frenzy non-frenzy relisting you know all this kind of stuff right uh there's a ton of adjustment that needs to be done and um you know, that's why it's, you know, it's important for us um, and, and why it's, it's advantageous for us to always be out there and, and be working with clients and seeing what's happening firsthand, uh, kind of live stream, so to speak, rather than, you know, thinking, well, trying to look at data that happened a couple of months ago. Um, you know, if, if you're if, you know, agents or part-time agents or whatever the case may be, and they're not, they're not in the game on a regular basis all the time. Seeing what's happening seeing those shifts those micro shifts how many options that one get talking to your colleagues on a regular basis what did you see what are you not seeing all that kind of stuff right it it's all part of a big equation that that spits out you know where the market's going or where it's likely going and and listen i mean we've talked about this i mean anybody we go back and we re-listen to our episodes Sometimes the story changed uh, uh, through this crazy spring market week by week. Mm-hmm. How many times that we talk about, you know, it's a frenzy. Uh, the buyers are taking a, taking a pause. It's, you know, there's uh, um, buyer fatigue. Now we're back in it again. Right. And the thing is, is that that would happen like day to day, week by week. It wasn't a spring market. We're not looking at the four months of spring. We were looking at it like now's a good time to buy right buy this type of a property. Mm-hmm. Right there's a, you know, there's a big lull in condos right now. You can get a deal or, you know, the, the pool market is crazy or buyer fatigue that the the few houses that haven't gotten, uh, haven't gotten offers on them. Let's swoop in there. Right. You know, if dude, if you're going to work nine to five and coming back, you know, having dinner at seven and trying to, you know, maybe get some stuff done and go out next week sometime, (laughs) I'm sorry. Like you just, your finger is not on the pulse. No. And
1: the reality is, is it has been a seller's market throughout this whole process, right? Like what we are seeing is less activity. It's still for sellers out there. There's low inventory. We are still, still seeing a huge buyer pool of people that want to enter in the market. We've seen prices climb so drastically that the common thing is, well, this is not sustainable, right? Canadian housing market is incredibly strong. Where we live in Southern Ontario, we are very blessed. There's a tremendous amount of people that want to live here. Uh, we can anticipate that it's going to remain strong, but maybe, just maybe, it might shift to being a little bit more balanced, where it's still a seller's pool, but you know, as we can see by the numbers, the numbers don't lie. We're seeing less activity, still a seller's market, still supply and demand, where we're seeing uh, a tremendous like there's there's a shortage of homes still on the market, right? But um, you know, I couldn't agree more with what what you said in terms of we've seen all these little shifts and things can change on a dime. Right. So.
0: Yeah. we well basically, we're going from Mach five down to Mach one, right? We're still fast. It's just not, it's just not in, in, insane. Like, which well, sometimes seems. The
1: dog days of spring. We're about to enter into the dog days of summer. You nailed it. We think there's going to be more opportunity. Um, you know, are there going to be more homes coming on the market? Mm, potentially. I think there's going to be a lot of people like what we've discussed where they've missed the boat right? Oh, should have been flipping. Oh, should have sold my home and, and gotten as much money as I possibly could from this market. Well, let's let's test the waters right now. And there's a lot of incredibly brilliant consumers out there that are trying to position the market. They're saying media, right? Some of our, our smartest clients, there's some brilliant people that we work with. Oh, this is not sustainable. They're almost telling us that the markets are going to be changing.
0: Yeah. And we talked about that in the past too, like take what, take, take news headlines with a grain of salt because they are, they need your attention. They need your fear. Right. So there's, there's some truth there. Right. Like, but you know, if it's, if it's the talking head going on about how the world is about to end, um, there's a probably a pretty good chance that it's not entirely accurate. So anyway, that was a good episode.
1: Excellent. And you've got a fun experience. To look forward to later today. Happy belated birthday, my uh, my friend.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate
1: uh, it. Pleasure doing this with you, and I hope uh, you and Lisa have a, a wonderful getaway. And uh, for all of you out there, let's uh, let's try to get back into the swing of things, and all have more experiences as things open up. I'm Ross Bridges here with Andrew Roach. Uh, we are the Rambling Realtors. <laughs>
0: <My> boy, <yeah. laughs>